Welcome to the Awakening Podcast Network. Get ready for an inspiring audio from this cutting-edge voice. You can find more podcasts at awakeningpodcasts.com. You want to go deeper? Get equipped to overcome and walk in God's purpose for your life at Awakening House of Prayer's online campus. You'll experience an online family, preaching, teaching, and prophetic impartation for victorious living. We have over a thousand members online hungry for what God is saying and doing in the earth. Visit ahop.online today and join our family. AHOP TV empowers believers with spirit-inspired messages and strategic equipping that accelerates your spiritual growth. You can subscribe to stream weekly content from Awakening House of Prayer, conferences, and other exclusive content to stir your hunger and encourage your heart. Visit us online at ahop.tv. Welcome to The Jennifer LeClaire Show. I'm interviewing some awesome guests and sharing personal insights along the way to stir your faith. Hope you enjoy it. Everybody, Jennifer LeClaire with you, Senior Leader of the Awakening House of Prayer, founder of the Ignite Prophetic Network, and author of a good number of books on our topic tonight, The Spirit of Jezebel. You know, this spirit is running rampant in the church. You, many of you watched a few weeks ago when I was on with uh, Drs. Hakeem and Naeem Collins, and we talked about uh, Jezebel's assassins, uh, these uh, harassing spirits from the perspective of character assassination. Uh, but tonight we want to take a, a redemptive approach. Both uh, myself and Larry Sparks, who's going to join us in just a moment, have been through really significant Jezebel attacks. And we both have stories to tell uh, about life after Jezebel, about how God can propel you forward despite the enemy's best shot to just completely destroy your life. You know, the enemy comes, John 10, 10, Jesus said the enemy comes, but for to kill, steal and destroy. But Jesus said, I came that you might have life in abundance to the full until it overflows. And so you can walk in the overflow, even in the, even in the wake of Jezebel's worst attack on you. So feel free, please share this with everyone you know. Share this right now. Share this wide and far because tonight there's going to be mass deliverance and healing. If you've ever been attacked by a Jezebel spirit, if you've ever felt the destructive forces of this agent of hell coming against you, if, if you're in the middle of an attack now, or if you've just come through and you don't know what's next, these words will bring to you. Life. And I want you to know him. You love him. He's the publisher of Destiny Image. Uh, he is a wonderful man of God, a dear friend of mine. We did a lot of great work together when I was the editor of Charisma Magazine. And we're doing a lot of great work together now uh, through Destiny Image. So, uh, a great kingdom partnership. Uh, no one I know who's more honoring in the body of Christ. He always encourages me. And tonight he's going to encourage you. I want to introduce to you uh, Larry Sparks, and he's going to uh, make some introductions and, and kick this off. And he's going to tell you his story. Uh, which is just going to radically encourage you tonight. Uh, so, Larry, go ahead. Take it away. Hey there, everybody. Well, this, this is always fun because I'm not typically on the other side of this. I'm often the one doing the interview. So I'm like, wow, this is a whole other world. Um, you know, let me let me just let you guys know, first of all, this is really the first time I've ever shared this story because this is about 10, 11 years ago that this happened to me. But I felt like the Holy Spirit, I want to be complete. I want to be as transparent and honest as I can as I can be, sometimes when we sanitize our testimony too much, it actually loses its effect because there's people mm. who are really like you were talking about, Jennifer, they're literally in the midst of, I don't even want to just say hell. I feel like the word that the, de that, that the Lord was talking to me about last night, uh, the, the devil seeks to destroy you. Yes, he wants to demolish you. He wants to demolish you. And I feel like many people, there are particular seasons in your life. If you were to go back through your personal history, your personal timeline, I actually feel like, number one, there's areas that you don't like to look back on. There's memories you don't like to bring up bring up to your mind because you actually observe that era in your in your life, in your past, in your timeline 
as something that the devil, quite frankly, demolished. I prophesy tonight in the name of Jesus. Wow. That mm. I believe the Lord is going to restore years. He restores what the locust has eaten. And I believe he is going to restore and reverse what the enemy has done. But we've got to go on a healing journey together. We need to be willing to go with the Holy Spirit. We're not going alone. We're not going. The Lord says to you even now, you're not going to your past alone. You're not going to these sensitive areas alone. You're not going to these wounded places alone. For the Spirit of God is present with us. And like I said, this was 11 years ago in my timeline. It was only last year where I felt like the Holy Spirit said, you can share this. Not because it was some spiritual dispensation in the heavenlies where God said, okay, Larry, now you're right. It was honestly, it took me that long to get over it. It took me that long to mature past the point to where I can talk with you guys tonight about this this instance. And it's not like I'll immediately go and want to fire at the people who did this to me, get mad and offended and relive all that stuff again. Because let me tell you this. There are, I believe, two strategies. Now, there's probably more, but from my experience, two strategies that Jezebel wants to really take to, to, to aim at you. Number one is direct demolishment. Direct. I don't know what else. I don't know what else to call it. Is yeah. that is the direct overt scheme of Jezebel to come to take you out, take out your ministry, take out your assignment, take out your destiny. But there is a second one that I believe can be more insidious, and I dealt with this myself. And there's that direct demolishing. But number two is what you do in the aftermath of demolishing. You know, so Jezebel comes, and you might look back in certain periods of your life, and it's like, wow. No, that particular spirit completely wrecked havoc on my life. How you respond to that period in your life, how you respond to that period in your personal history, Jezebel can actually have a secondary victory in your life if you do not respond correctly to that. Because like I said, it's only 10 years. It's been 10 years for me. But man, I, it took counseling. It took uh really going to, to I guess, a, a therapist. I mean, I, I'm being completely honest, like in the immediate years after this, because I was mad. I was wounded. I was confused. I was deceived. I thought I'd lost my anointing. I'd lost my destiny. I le- And I'm going to share a little bit of my story as well. And I'm going to share what I feel like the Holy Spirit's given me clearance to share, because um, I think it'll help you. But all of that to say, I really want to go after, yes, Jezebel looks to take us out. But number two, and this is where I feel like the Lord's going to bring a lot of healing tonight. In fact, just parenthetically, the Lord told me last night that the power of the Lord would be present to heal today. And I announced that over this broadcast. The power of the Lord is present to heal. And I I sense the primary healing manifestation will be healing of the heart. Wow. Yeah. Healing of emotion, healing of the mind. I actually, I, I, I declare healing of memories. Um, And I believe those healings will actually promote and secondarily uh, release physical healing for areas maybe you've struggled with for I don't know how long, but we're going to the root tonight. Amen. I just wanted to provide that setup, uh, Jennifer, and see if there's anything else you wanted to share. Because when I told Jennifer is this, um, listen, I went and got my my, my, my master's in uh, practical theology, church history. So I know what I know, but there are certain things. Listen, in the body, we're family, and I don't know everything. And I look to people like Jennifer as some, you know, I, I love her book, Spiritual Warrior's Guide to Defeating Jets, because she knows about this. She speaks from authority. So I go back and forth with you as you have whatever you want to share about this as well. So. Yeah, I, w- I would just say, and I'm going to kick it right back to you, but I would just say it, it was the same situation with me. I was in a, a church leadership position for eight years and it didn't start off Jezebelic, but it ended that way. And when I walked away, I I wondered, would I ever minister again? Would I ever, because it was such a destructive uh, force in my life. I lost every friend. I lost every ministry platform. I had to rebuild my ministry from the ground up. Uh, But I will say this, God will bring an acceleration to you uh, as you uh, lean into his healing. Jezebel wants to make you bitter and Jezebel wants to wound you and keep you that way so that the spirit can operate through you and and, and propagate itself and its agenda through you. And and, and that is the, the, the wrong approach. We need to just forgive those who were operating in that spirit and learned to, 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 
to, to, to, to pick up the beauty in the ashes. And so I might interject here or there uh, with my story, but I think your story is probably even more dramatic than mine. Uh, but I will say this, the authority, Larry, that you carry now, part of that is because of what you went through. Part of the authority I carry is because of what I went through, because the Bible says those who overcome Jezebel will have authority in nations. Wow. And so, you know, and I think also when we look at the seven mountains of society, you know, we, we, you could aptly say or rightly say, have a authority in mountains and both of us have a, a large voice in the media mountain by the grace of God and, and, and that is one of the main mountains where Jezebel is operating because it's that seducing you know spirit that idolatrous uh, immoral spirit and is active in the media mountain so I believe that God has prepared us both for such a time as this to be agents of healing uh, in this hour and uh, yeah I'm going to kick it back to you because I've not even heard your full story so I yeah, want to hear it too No, I'll, sure well, I'll dive on it and, and through the process of the story I'm going to probably end up sharing. I wrote it down here, seven aspects of the spirit of Jezebel. And before we even dive in, listen, spirit of Jezebel is not a female spirit. I, yeah. I just want to let that know because it's one of those things where I, I we, we call it the spirit of Jezebel theologically because this spirit operates based on what we see. And obviously the wife of King Ahab, we see characteristics there. And then we also see the book of Revelation. A, a character named Jezebel being introduced. So I'm all for using that type of language because we evaluate and describe these spirits based on descriptives we see in the scriptures and the spirit of Jezebel operates this way. So I believe God likes to give us a picture or a blueprint of how these things operate. You know, that's why you can have a spirit of Leviathan. You can have a spirit, you know, different spirits, not because the spirit literally looks like that, although I can't say that definitively. I'm saying we, we describe a spirit a certain way because we are describing it according to its function. And I believe at the end of the day, Bill Johnson says this, and I like it. When it comes to deliverance and casting out spirits, demons, when you spot them, you got them. And yeah. I, I like that because we want to know what we're dealing with. So, so here's my story. Uh, and just like Jennifer, when I started, when I was 16 years old, I was very naive. I was very hungry for the Lord. I got touched by the Holy Spirit in a very non-dramatic but very profound way in a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful church that I continue to give honor to this day because that church was a healthy haven of integrity that I would run to in times of real confusion. So I'm not talking about that particular church. I give honor to that. But I got saved. I encountered the Holy Spirit and where I lived. Uh, so I'm like, oh, my goodness, God is real. I, you know, I've been brought up with a lot of religion. I've been brought up with kind of fundamentalist evangelical Christianity and it had its good and it had its negatives. One of the negatives was, okay, well, basically I want to know Jesus. So I don't go to hell. And so I don't miss the rapture. I was very concerned about, I didn't want to go to hell and I did not want to get left behind, but I didn't want to know God. He was out there. He was somewhere. Then I had an encounter with the Holy spirit in this wonderful church. I tasted of his presence. I'm like, God's alive. Where do I go now to experience this in an ongoing way? And I had some friends who went to school with me and they invited me to this other church. And I, I, I will say it this way because I'm gonna do my best to, I wanna share what's positive, but I gotta also expose what's negative, okay? And the problem yes. is what, what happened in this context is I had a bunch of friends who I believe were genuinely deceived by this. They love, there's people, listen, who can be under the influence of a Jezebel spirit who genuinely love the Lord. This is shocking. Yes. I'm not talking about those who are literally cooperating with Jezebel. I'm talking about those that Jezebel is trying to recruit, that Jezebel is trying to destroy. These people love the Lord yes. and they get caught up in this system. I had some friends who love the Lord, but were caught up in a Jezebelic cultish system. Oh, come to our church. And the first place they got me to go, of course, was the small group cell group setting. And that is how Jezebel operates. I, now, I believe there's a positive to this, but it's something that you need to very much evaluate and listen. I'm going to just share as the Holy Spirit leads me through this story. One of the things I wish I had then, but I did not have was discernment. I was very naive. I was quick to believe. I had no paradigm and I had no grid. I was just hungry for God. And those are the greatest victims that Jezebel targets. Those who are really hungry for God. And I also believe, and I'm not sure how this all operates theologically, that Satan maybe has some kind of a discernment. Satan has some kind of awareness of those with a prophetic destiny on them. Because 
I, you know, I, and I don't say this uh, braggadociously. I just believe that's the office that the Lord has put me in. And I believe that the devil wanted to, st- oh, Rabaki time. I'm just going to prophesy this, but I believe the devil wanted to destroy me before I ever actually stepped into my office. And, yes. and I sense that for a lot of young people. I sense that, especially for this day and age where God is moving quickly. God wants to finish this deal quickly. God wants to actually see d- nations discipled quickly. And he's raising people up and i believe when the enemy sees that anoint particularly i'm not sure why that prophetic anointing upon people then i believe jezebel targets that individual and does what that spirit can to take them out prematurely because god forbid you actually step into that prophetic office like elijah did because elijah stepping fully into the manifestation of that prophetic office ultimately demolished and destroyed the stronghold I believe that Jezebel had in that regard. Yes, so it's yeah. one of those things. I just I wanted to let you know that is one of the reasons that I think Jezebel goes after specifically those young, naive, hungry for the Lord, because the enemy in the spirit realm has some sense of awareness of who you are called to be. That's why we need to live sober, on guard, vigilant, and goodness gracious. This is why we need this kind of teaching, Jennifer. This is Amen. why the body of Christ will suffer if we. Can, if we remain discon, uh, disconnected from posit, from spiritual warfare teaching on this, otherwise, otherwise we think either we're crazy, otherwise we're apt, apt to believe, um, you know, I, I guess I'm just, you know, going through this or whatever. We need to be aware of this kind of stuff. So anyway, amen, um, amen. so that that's what happened. I got kind of sucked into this system and I should have been aware of the language going on because I started going to this this small group, and then I started going to the church, and it was all great. It was charismatic. They spoke in tongues, operated in the gifts of the Spirit. A lot of the teaching was not wrong, or a lot, let me say it this way. A lot of the teaching was not heretical. A lot of the teaching, truth be told, was borrowed, perhaps stolen from Kenneth Hagin. Wow. And I like Kenneth Hagin. Um, and again, I want to be very careful because here's the deal. Jezebel, I believe those operating under a spirit of Jezebel have no plumb line to access the anointing. And here's the deal. You will find one of the characteristics of a church or a, religion or a spiritual institution under the influence of a Jezebel spirit. And by the way, I mean, Jennifer, we're not talking about Mormons, Jehovah's Witnesses. We're not talking. I, I, we're talking about the evangelical Protestant church here. Yes. I'm not talking about some off the wall cult. I'm talking about a church where somebody can legitimately get born again and yet still be enslaved in a context that will suck the life out of them. So it is one of those things that's extremely important that we are very discerning of the context that we are in. Um, and that's what, exactly again. That's what happened to me. I kind of got sucked into this. I was told at a certain point, okay, Larry, you're coming to this church. And I was going to the other church at the same time. I was going to this church. And then I was going to the other church where I genuinely encountered the Lord, high integrity church, a church that really, I mean, had a great plurality of leadership. Basically what the other church was doing, you know, that they were doing the right thing. And this church, unfortunately, was was not. And they were intimidated by that. So they basically issued me an ultimatum. They said, Larry, you can only go to one church or the other. You Basically, they told me, they walked me outside, and they said, you cannot continue coming to this church. You you can't continue coming to this small group and going to your other church. And wow. I understand, listen, there's a biblical process to being planted at a church. We don't want church hoppers. We don't want people hopping from one place to the other. Absolutely not. But this was a very dangerous situation because— they, they wanted, they were seeking my complete allegiance. Yes. And, and that's exactly what Jezebel wants. Jezebel wants ultimately to own you so it can demolish you. That's the reality. Um, so, uh, again, being in my teenage years, young, naive, whatever, I'm like, okay, well, I'll, I'll make this church my commitment. And, you know, obviously there's a real strong emphasis on tithing. There's a real strong emphasis on not speaking illy or negatively about leadership. And we're going to get to that in a minute I just because I, I want to, I want to do my best to clarify some of the things because it perverts things that are really true. Yes. We don't want to be critical, complaining people. We want to be a people of honor. I'm so grateful for people like Danny Silk and the culture of honor. I believe that is a strong biblical template or a basis for appropriate, healthy exercise of honor. But I'm going to talk about how Jezebel really counterfeits and twists the healthy biblical standard into something that is 
quite the opposite. So uh, to make a long story short, I, I continued on in this church system, maybe, oh goodness, six or seven years. And then I got to a point, and I want to be very careful in how I explain this because I don't want to throw anybody under the bus, but I, I definitely want to confront the system as it was. We were getting to a point in the church where there was a lot of positive activity going on. So I was heavily involved in everything. I was heavily involved in media ministry. I was heavily involved in the youth and young adults. I, I mean, they want you to be involved in everything. And there's nothing wrong with being involved, but I was involved in the small groups and all that. But what happened was is we had a desire to do something that was, oh goodness, um, ecumenical. We wanted, to, we wanted to actually see a house of prayer in our region. We had a desire to see it. We had, we had no desire to build any other church. We had no desire to supplant the leadership. We desired really, uh, Jennifer, to do kind of what you're doing in, in Pompano, Fort Lauderdale area. Yeah. So and we, we were in our 20s. We were young. We were ambitious. But we had, I think, a real legitimate dream of God in us to say, hey, let's actually do what we can to network all the different local churches, bring them together. And let's cry out for a move of God, cry out for revival. I mean, heaven forbid we do that. Um, <laughs> but but the reality, as soon as it caught wind, as soon as that got to leadership, uh, and again, the leadership called all of us out, uh, basically said, there's only one visionary in the church. That's me. Uh, basically said, by doing this, you're promoting division. You're promoting strife. You don't want to do that. Made a lot of people cry. I mean, sh brought a lot of shame. to. And again, listen, there is, there is an inappropriate, you know, when you have a church split, there, there are inappropriate expressions of this. Absolutely. There's appropriate ways of going about things. Absolutely. But in this case, and I wish I had the discernment to recognize it, uh, th this was completely unhealthy. This was somebody who was actually trying to control the atmosphere. This was somebody who was actually trying to govern the church. It was not. The church was not Jesus's church. I can tell you that. It was this person's church. And and as we saw in that case, that's where everything came to a real big collision point where the people who were involved in this, people who wanted to start this house were very dear to me. And, the, you know, this guy completely, the, the, the leader ran them over. I mean, I've never seen something mm. as, you know, that he, he would have he would have done better throwing profanity at them just by on how on how he treated them in this. It was just very it was very diabolical. It was very devilish. But the thing that always caught me was. Um, I'm the only visionary in this church. And I thought to myself, I feel like Jesus would love to raise up a church full of visionaries where we are all in honor, you know, submitted one to another. And yes, there's appropriate spiritual authority, but ultimately spiritual authority. And I look at people like you, I look at people like Bill Johnson, I look at people I know and I run with, they're some of the most empowering people. I mean, you guys, I mean, you, you, you guys are all about empowering your people to go out and to fulfill what God has put in their hearts and you coach them and you guide them and you will discipline, you know, but it's all ultimately that the kingdom of God would be expanded. Not yes. the kingdom of Bill Johnson or Jennifer LeClaire or whomever. It's just like, this is for the kingdom of God. So, so that was where we really hit a, a um, strong collision point there. And the rest of the year was just horrific. I mean, I, and the problem was this, I actually worked at the church. I got to a point where I thought this is, I mean, they convince you that this is the path to ministry. This is the mm -hmm. path to you fulfilling your destiny. Because somehow they had identified in some way, shape, or form, okay, Larry, you have a call to ministry. So what you need to do is start here being the administrative assistant. And again, there is a path and there's a process. I'm not against that. I'm just saying they had this idea. And it really, when, when they would take people through their new believers class and stuff, they literally had a diagram in the book that was a pyramid. And it, and it looked like a pyramid scheme going with the, the pastor being at the top. Like, my goodness, I don't know how people didn't get there. I don't know how I did. <laughs> but it was one of those things where they saw a call in my life. And it's one of, the, you know, the enemy can see a call on your life. Mm -hmm. And why it's so important are alignments. Just as a, as a note, who you are aligned with has everything to do with the degree to which you fulfill your assignment. And I know, Jennifer, you talk about that a lot. And that's a big deal. So, yeah, it was it was one of those things where they saw a call of God in my life and they said, let's do what we can to kind of take him through our system. And, you know, it's like, OK, now you work at the church. Now you wear all these hats. Now we're going to work you until, you know, there's no more energy and life left in you. We're going to do what we can to actually try to cut you off from family and friends. And there was a yes. real 
intentional, maybe it's subtle, but it was very intentional to be like, you know, don't hang around that person or don't get around those churches because they don't believe the same way we do and they don't think the same way we do. And, you know, it's, it's, it's really can be disconcerting, especially, again, you're young and naive. It's like, well, I guess I got to listen to these people. Uh, they must know what they're talking about. And uh, so, yeah, that last year I was there, it just it, it just got worse and worse and worse. The more I became aware that, God, there must be more, the more I became aware that there's something not right here. And the more that you actually confront, the more that you push back against the system, that it gets very vitriolic. It gets very vile. It gets very nasty. Um, those under the influence of the spirit will respond. I mean, just when you, you know, six years ago when I started going to that particular church, oh, everybody loves you and they do it. They can't all oh, come out to lunch, come here with us, be part of our family. But when you actually begin to challenge the system, and I'm not, I'm not saying become like a Martin Luther. I, I didn't do that. I was just starting to ask questions. I was just tra- st- trying to get information. Why are you doing this? Even slight confrontation, even yeah. slight, well-meaning will really ignite such hostility from them. That's how you know, okay, this is a very dangerous, unhealthy context, very dangerous, unhealthy place. So all that to say, I ended up getting to a point where I'm like, I cannot work here anymore. I can't go here anymore. Um, the, I, I, and I basically went and talked to the pastor. And it, again, I don't want to go through a lot of it because it's not that constructive, but a lot of negative conversations, a lot of bullying, a lot of coming to my office and just going to make you feel bad about all the decisions you're making in your life. I mean, this guy was also trying to control the lives and destinies of many other people around me, basically trying to tell some people that you're not hearing from God when in fact they were. I had a friend at the same time who God was actually calling him to step out into the next phase of his ministry and destiny. It was a huge opportunity. It was the Lord. But the you know, and I blame myself for this. My lack of discernment And my willingness to uphold the voice of a man got me to a point where I was agreeing with this guy, with this leader who was under the spirit of Jezebel. I was in such agreement. I was in such a mind-controlled state that my friend, who was ready to go to the next level in his destiny, I was actually trying to discourage my friend from taking a step of faith. Because it would involve him leaving the church. And how could you be leaving the church? Your destiny is here. You're mm-hmm. going to call God here. And my, I mean, my poor friend, I mean, that, that really caused a tremendous relational rift for us for a while. I'm grateful that God's healed that. But you do, you get under this, it is demonic mind control. And all of that to say, got to a point where I got into a, a, a conversation in the office with this the, the pastor. And I said, I mean, I don't know how much I said. I, I just kind of let my my hair was be blowing back because it was one of those things where, you know, you leave here and I'm going to make your life, you know, if you say anything negative about me, I'm going to make your life very difficult and that type of thing. And, you know, then they go try to call everybody and say, don't hire this guy because he's, you know, he's in dishonor and all that. And um, so that I, I'll never forget the feeling of freedom that I had leaving that day. I mean, even though I felt beat up, I felt demolished. I felt demolished because one of the things that was ingrained in my thinking was you leave here and you'll lose your anointing. Mm. I wasn't even fully aware of what my anointing was. But I will say this, just as a note, when you're connected, because some people, myself included, this is why I needed 10 years to heal from this. Um, when you get out of a situation like that, the devil would love to destroy you on a second round, okay? He feels like he's destroyed you in the first round just by making you feel the way you do. Second round, though, he would love to destroy you by actually keeping you separate and distant from healthy authority. Yes. Separate and distant from a healthy spiritual alignment, from a healthy... <laughs> There is health. There, there are healthy people for you to be in alignment with. And it actually required me to be in alignment with a healthy spiritual father, which praise the Lord. God brought me into that about five years ago, where as a result of not only that alignment, but me being ordained by this individual that actually it was funny. I had my ordination the day before I came and spoke at Awakening House of Prayer. And I remember I came that morning, me, me and my friend Kyle. And when I preached, I'm like, I have never ministered this way because I, I was ministering. I felt like minist- I was ministering and o- operating in the office of a prophet. And I, I, just confidently and clearly. Yes. I, I do believe, please, guys, hear me on this because, again, it took me like nine years to get over this, 10 years. Um, there is healthy spiritual authority. There are healthy spiritual uh, alignments. There are healthy spiritual moms and dads. Don't let the devil have a second victory. 
by getting you to the point where you say, okay, this was horrible. These people really hurt me and I'm very offended and this is really bad. So I'm never going to go back to church again. I'm never going to trust again. I'm never going to be committed or I'm never going to be connected again. That gives the enemy a second victory. And tonight I really want to prevent him from securing that because I prophesy even now, even though you feel like the devil might have had one victory, the restorative, redeeming power of the Lord is so strong and so mighty. I prophesy this. I feel like God wants to do this tonight. It is so strong and mighty that in preventing the enemy from having a second victory, his redemption is so sweet and powerful that even that first victory of the enemy in your life, where you look back to that point and it's like, I don't even like to revisit that. God can actually reach into that and redeem it and actually reverses what the enemy meant for, meant for bad for your good. Amen. So, and I feel like I'm, I'm just a, 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 oh goodness, a recovering, I was going to say broken, but I was broken. The Lord has me recovering from this. Um, and I believe I'm in at least in a point where I can talk about this today. And I pray by his grace, help some people. So, so that's kind of what happened. That was, that was really, that was really it. I got out of that whole situation feeling very, um, again, those are the things I believe. I, I've lost my anointing. I've missed my destiny. Uh, you know, I, I don't know, just feeling wandering and aimless. And I, I'm sure I, I'm sure you can relate as well to what happened in your city. I mean, that is just horrible. You know, it sounds like it's the same exact church uh, that I was in that that Larry was in. You know, I was a baby Christian when I got there. Uh, I, I didn't know any better. I was just told to go to a uh, to go to a Pentecostal church. And I found this apostolic church and uh, down the street, I began to go and got involved in everything. I became the media director and I worked in the youth and I went on missions and, and they would just literally like work you to death almost, you know, in the name of advancing the gospel, which I believe in working hard. But I mean, I remember one time though, it was when it wasn't a house of prayer. I wanted to start. It was a prison ministry. And I got it. I got involved in this and some of the people, uh, some of the ladies also wanted to get involved. And I said, well, go talk to the pastor and see if they're okay with that. I mean, I understood protocol. Like, you know, you have other obligations of the church. We don't want to seem like we're usurping authority. Well, I got just blasted and shamed and, and, and yelled at. And I'm it's the point of tears because I was, you know, these other ladies wanted to be part of something that wasn't part of the church. So this was very controlling. When I confronted it, I was called a, a Leviathan and a Jezebel and a, a Python. And I was called all these different things. I'm like, I have all these spirits, I, I, but, but, but how is that possible? I was just preaching from the platform last week. So very, very similar experience to yours, Larry. And, and I think really a lot of people can relate to this because um, this is this is how Jezebel operates. This is a very advanced level Jezebel uh, that with a strong authoritarian authoritarian structure. And I too, it took me it took me three or four years before I would come up under authority. Not that I didn't want to, but I was skittish. I mean, I didn't want ever again uh, to feel that when some of the people that came out of the church I went to, they've left the church and never went back to church ever again. So they're out there on their own. But yeah, uh, so I bind all interference in this broadcast in Jesus name. And we're, I'm going to kick it back over to you and, and let you uh, let you continue. That's wild. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting because there is this double agenda of the enemy. Like you said, you know, that that spirit of Jezebel aims and directly targets people, their destiny and wants to do destroy and demolish them. But then there's that secondary blow of Jezebel, which I've really only started to think of that language in the context of our conversation, where like you said, so many of the people who got targeted, so many people who got burnt out, so many of the people who confronted or whatever, left the church and never came back. I can't tell you how many situations I've seen where that has happened as well. And those people are not just, you know, off somewhere, still loving the Lord. I mean, a lot of the people I've seen have turned away from even the turned away from the Lord, which, which is really sad. So what I wanted to do, I, I felt like coming back in the context of this broadcast, I want to be highly redemptive. I, I wanted to share enough of my story just to let you know, you guys who are watching, I've, I've been through this. Um, it is a, again, it took me about 10 years to heal because one of the things I wanted to do after running away from this, I actually wanted to throw out everything charismatic. Like I was like, oh, that, you know, because I associated the move of the spirit with this particular unhealthy church under a Jezebel influence. So I'm thinking to myself, oh, I don't want, I mean, I was so sensitive and hyper 
offendable, I guess, going to different churches and, oh, okay, well, this is going to be just like that one. And I, I, I wanted to, I mean, I, part of me wanted to throw everything out, but in good conscience and in good theological conscience, I couldn't either because I had been touched by God outside of the context of this church, which was very helpful. But secondarily, I could not ignore what the scriptures so clearly showed were a reality and availability to every believer. So all that to say, I, I do want, as we kind of go through the healing process, because this is where I feel like Holy Spirit wants to go right now. Um, I want to give you seven aspects, though, seven quick things that I noticed about the operation of Jezebel in that kind of church situation. Number one, Jezebel, the Jezebel spirit is not a gender. It, it is a spirit. I said that at the beginning, but it's very, it's worthwhile you knowing that because so many, it's interesting in a context like this where there's male leadership, um, a, a, a male leader who is under the influence of a Jezebel spirit will be quick to call females uh, saying, oh, you have a spirit of Jezebel, if that female legitimately confronts the male leadership. Mm. I mean, did you, because, and I saw that in the context I was in. Listen, I didn't hang, I did not hang out with people who were under the influence of Jezebel. I hung out with people by the grace of God who they were after the pure outpouring of the Holy Spirit. They wanted to see the kingdom of God break into that city. And they were genuinely, legitimately questioning, why are you doing this? Where's the money going? What are you guys doing with this? Do you really believe in some sort of leadership schema where there's, you can't question leadership? They were challenging. They were asking legitimate questions. And as a result of that, these people who were pure and genuine were being called Jezebels. Mm. So, and, and they were women. And to me, that's ultimately, that just shows, I guess that shows the ignorance and arrogance of somebody under the Jezebel spirit. They don't really know how it all operates. So it's almost like, oh, just because you're a woman and you're confronting me then you must be a Jezebel. No, that's a lie. That's just foolishness. But I, I want to let you know, again, a Jezebel, it's not a gender spirit. It's not, a, it, it is a spirit, okay? So yes. number one, it's a spirit, doesn't have a gender. Number two, we'll call others a Jezebel who threaten it. Uh, number three, the spirit of Jezebel I have found, Jennifer, I'm sure you've seen this as well, is intimidated uh, by the pure anointing and presence of the Holy Spirit. I'll never forget this. We, we were starting to do these prayer meetings at this church and the pastor heard about what was going on and they were powerful. God was showing up and it was, you know, there, we weren't conspire, you know, we weren't doing this thing where we all get together as intercessors and we pray against the church. Or, we weren't doing that, even though there were unscrupulous things going on. Um, we were just praying, God send revival, Holy Spirit pour out. We were experiencing an unusual outpouring of the Spirit that was probably very uncommon for a church of that kind. But what was happening is that outpouring of the Spirit began to make the spiritual powers operating in that church very uncomfortable. I'm mm. absolutely convinced of that. And that particular church system under a Jezebel influence does not like the pure anointing of the Holy Spirit. Uh, I mean, they wouldn't like anything like Brownsville or Toronto or anything like that, because when God is moving in a pure manifestation, it actually confronts a system that wants to control how, quote unquote, God moves if God is even moving at all. Um, mm. That's what I noticed. It did not. <laughs> that system did not like or care for the legitimate outpouring of the Holy Spirit, which we saw going on. Uh, number four. So the spirit likes to control people and atmospheres. You know, it's it's interesting. Yeah, we're familiar with the controlling aspect of Jezebel wanting to control people and manipulate all that. It actually wants to control atmospheres. And you will notice that even though that these churches or leaders, or whatever, might claim to be spirit filled, charismatic, they have a very clear agenda of how they want things to operate. And they will make sure everything goes in 100 percent accordance with their agenda. And if anything dares threaten that, then they would consider that a very negative thing because their agenda is being being assaulted or intimidated. Um, the, this is another thing I noticed. The Jezebel spirit actually wants to control your literature and your learning. I, I found that interesting because the only books <laughs> in this particular church, Christian uh, church bookstore, they were all books that reinforced this agenda. Now, when I say that, let me say there's a lot of legitimate stuff there as well. There's a lot of, I mean, the majority of the authors and stuff that they had in there were positive. But they only kept one particular slant or one particular subject matter because, again, heaven forbid you should become well-read 
and perhaps do a little more digging into the agenda that's going on. We had no spiritual warfare, but I just find it interesting now in retrospect what literature was encouraged and what literature was discouraged. They don't like it when you go to other conferences. They don't like mm-hmm. it when you go to events. They don't like it. Heaven forbid you are hungry for God and you want to go where God is moving. They want to tell you, no, no, no. Our place is the only place God is moving. And I was told that many times, yep. um, not so many words. So again, they want to control your literature and learning. This is interesting. The spirit, number six, the spirit is not, let me say it this way. The spirit demands your accountability, but is not in genuine accountability with anybody else. It demands unquestionable submission from you and from me, but it is not in any kind of legitimate accountability. There you go. And that right there, because I'm all about accountability. I'm all all for authority. But if somebody, and you know, you, you know this, Jennifer, I mean, people who, who, who are in genuine positions of spiritual authority, they will not lord it over you. That's they right. They will not lord it over you. They will appropriately seize it when they see something that's completely and genuinely out of whack in your life. And they will lovingly, uh, but boldly still confront. That's absolutely true. That's absolutely biblical. Lord, may we have more of that. Hey, I have, I need, you know, we all need that. But they will not lord it over you. That is a problem. When somebody who is not in accountability with anybody else demands your accountability, that is a situation where you just run, you got to run. I mean, I, I think it was John Eckhart who did a teaching on this. And it, so I said, oh, my goodness, where, where was John? Where were you when I was going through that? We well, we were going through the same thing at the yes. same time. I, guess. <laughs> but I was thinking to myself, one of the things that he said that ministered to me is, you know what? If you're in a situation like this, you run. You absolutely, yes. you know, because isn't it true? I mean, I, now I was, I remember that last year I was in that church. I was, I was playing these like spiritual mind games where I'm like, well, God, I don't want to leave. I, I, I want to leave the right way. And, and there's, there's an appropriateness and protocol, I guess, to that. But there's also a point when you, you get to this realization, oh my goodness, if I stay here anymore, I will be destroyed and demolished. And you just got to go. You need to do what you can to find people who will literally protect you. I actually find, I, I actually recommend you find some sort of legitimate spiritual accountability or, or um, authority that you can connect with. But And that's exactly what I did. I remember, I'll never forget, before I left that church, I got on the phone with somebody who was, again, a key pastor, key leader, uh, really, I'd say an apostle in that region, got on the phone with him. And praise God, he counseled, ministered me through the process. So I think you, you, and and I say that not because it's essential, but Jennifer, what you said so struck my heart. And I want to pray through this in a minute. So many people who get demolished by the spirit of Jezebel run away from the church and they ultimately run away from God. Yes. And it's horrible and it's heartbreaking to me. And that could, I look at my situation, I'm like, but, but there by the grace of God could have been me. Yeah. Could have been me. And I'm grateful. That's why I said, I'm grateful that I had somebody. I'm grateful that I had that previous church that I had that operated in accountability and integrity. That, uh, that That's where I first encountered the Lord. That was a pastor I'd grown very close to. And I'm so grateful I could get him on the phone and he would literally walk me through and counsel me through this process. I ended up going through counseling at that particular church. So I do want to encourage anybody who's maybe even in that situation, find somebody, find some kind of legitimate, accountable, um, integrous spiritual leadership that you could connect with, even if you know, it's like, you know, somebody who knows somebody, I mean, don't just go run off to a church. So, but really pray into it, find it. And I say that not because it's demanded. I say that because that'll help you. And that, that could really be something that helps transition process. And the last thing is this, the spirit, the spirit of Jezebel presents a false version of honor that demands unquestionable submission. Honor is a real currency of the kingdom. Absolutely. And like I referenced before, I'm so grateful for people like Danny Silk, who gave us the culture of honor, where it's not you just giving unquestionable honor to some person, to some pastor or leader or somebody who is not in accountability, who's demanding your honor. When somebody demands honor from you, I would be very suspicious. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't that make sense? Like there, because that's just, that's just who we should be as believers. We honor one another. I actually believe there's a special certain kind of expression of honor that we have for authority. I believe that. I believe that. Absolutely. But if somebody is trying to demand honor from you, that should be concerning. 
If they are like stomping their foot, so to speak, and say, you need to honor me. You need to obey me. You need to submit to me. If that's the language or the vibe you're getting, that is concerning to me. So those are just seven things that I learned through this process of going, going through this church, getting out of this situation in terms of identifying how Jezebel operates. And, you know, Jennifer, I've seen you speak on this and write about it and share uh, on social media about this. And, um, in an interesting way, it's kind of consoling to see, wow, there are there are common denominators that all of us have gone through that we can identify and, and help other people recognize them so they don't have to go through the same thing. Yeah, it's vital that we recognize it. And it's also vital that we take the next steps and do a Jezebel detox. And that starts with forgiveness. I'll tell you just briefly, when the Lord really revealed to me the spirit that was operating there, I, w- I was absolutely in shock. I mean, I loved these people. I still love them. And, and I began to uh, almost, I was like in spiritual shock because I couldn't believe, oh my gosh, this is a man of God who preaches against Jezebel. Everybody knows he preaches against Jezebel. He's an authority on Jezebel and his church is full of Jezebel. And I was just absolutely shocked. And then I laid there and the Lord says, I want you to forgive everyone there for everything they ever did. And at first I'm like, well, I've forgiven. He's like, I want you to go back as I bring these things to your memory and forgive one by one. And I began to go that, go through that, I laid there in my bed for like, you know, 30, 40 minutes. I don't know, it was a good long while, just everything I could think of, everything he brought to my remembrance. And then at that point, I, I just, I just forgave. And then I began to cry. There was such a release. I began to weep and cry. And the Lord said, go in peace. So the Lord actually did not let me, now he does this differently with everybody, but for me, he wanted me to forgive them before I even disconnected, probably because the, the, the backlash of what I was going to endure after I left with them calling other churches and telling them I was uh, not saved, that I lost my salvation, that I was a Jezebel, that I was leading down a false prophet, and they made videos about me. What I was going to have to endure, the backlash, I needed to have that forgiveness stance in my heart or else I may have become bitter. So, you know, in my, in my view and in my experience, the first step to healing turning point was, but for me, it was that moment when the Lord said, go in peace. And I was weeping and, and then and I was able to strengthen myself for, for the, for the continued attacks because Jezebel doesn't just, you know, there's, there's always Jezebel always brings drama on the way out the door. In my experience, it's, 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 it's the, it tries to chase you down and tries to, to murder you from behind. You're walking out the door and it just wants to do as much damage as it can on the way out. And then even after you leave. You know, I actually feel as you were talking about forgiveness, I felt such a presence of the Lord. Actually, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking, God, you talked about the presence or the power of the Lord being present to heal. I, I feel like, Jennifer, we need to pray into that because yeah. what you said about forgiveness, folks, I wish I would have really gotten that, like really gotten that you know, 10 years ago. I really do because, I mean, I had to learn just different teaching. I mean, I mean, forgive you think would be easy. But I had to go through different processes. I had to understand different aspects of forgiveness. I, but I, I actually believe tonight what the Lord wants to do in order for us to get to the second part. The Lord gave me a vision last night about what he wants to do in the spirit tonight. And I, 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 I want to be sensitive of time, Jennifer, so you um, navigate appropriately. But could we, could you and I just for a moment pray? Yeah. To, you know, for any of you right now who feel like, you know, what, that's me, Larry and Jennifer, we, I, I totally relate to everything you're saying. Now, just a little parenthetical No, this is going to be an interesting thing. It's a disclaimer of sorts. I saw some people in the comments talking about, you know, I was talking about honor, demanding honor. And some people are like, oh, yeah, my husband needs wants yeah. that. You, you need to have those conversations. OK, uh, if, if you are one flesh, if you're married to somebody, you need to actually sit down and have a conversation. If you if you perceive that, if you feel that if there is an abusive situation going on, then you definitely need to go get counseling. You definitely need to go like take the proper protocols to doing that. OK, we would absolutely both encourage that. But but again, I, I want you to pray through that. I'm, I'm not talking about. Really tonight, I'm not talking about a husband and wife situation. That's just kind of out of my metron. That's out of. I'm talking about people who have been hurt in a church context. Um, so I just wanted to make that because I don't. I, I don't have wisdom on the other situation except conversation, counseling, and then really being careful. Um, 
But right now, for anybody who has gone through this, and if you're still, I, I just, I, I feel like the, well, I just feel like the Lord is highlighting certain periods in your history, in your life. And for some of you, it might be very new. You might be in the midst of this, but I feel like a lot of the people watching tonight, Jennifer, are people where there's a mark in their history. There's like, I just see like a black mark in your timeline where that was your experience with Jezebel. That is where you perceive I was demolished by Jezebel. I was attacked by Jezebel. I was in a situation that, Jennifer Lair, I can totally relate to. It's obviously a little different, but what you say, I say, yes, I've been there. I know what it's like. And you might think, yeah, I've just not really gotten over that. In fact, when you hear that leader's name, when you hear that person's name, that church's name, um, it's not a matter of you just being like, yeah, you know, I, I wouldn't recommend it. I, I, I would actually say, you know, don't go there. No, there's something that actually burns in your heart in a negative way. I mean, there's, you call it maybe hatred. I mean, I, and I said it because I was there. I was there when I hear about this pastor, when I hear about the church, I and mean, there was real hate in my heart. There was a real ugliness. Like I, I was just mad. I was offended. I was hurt. Um, and I want to, I want to pray for you guys. We want to pray for you that you would actually, what, what, what we're going to do tonight. And Jennifer, I'm going to just have you open in prayer if you're cool with that. Cause really, I feel like the Lord really gave you a, a, a speedier breakthrough on that than he did with me. Um, I'll pray into what I feel like God has taught me concerning forgiveness. And we're, I actually believe God is going to, a transaction take place tonight where healing happens on the other side of forgiveness. And God does not want you guys to be in that place anymore. Um, God does not want you to be in that place of bondage. All right. Well, I will begin to yeah. pray. I'm yeah. hearing massive echoes on my side, but I'll pray through it. So, Father, we just thank you in Jesus' name that you are a compassionate Father, that you have sent your comforter to help us to wade through even the most difficult situation. God, give us the grace of forgiveness, to forgive those who wrongfully accused us, spitefully abused us, used us, chewed us up, and threw us out. God, help us, Lord, to grow in discernment. Help us, Lord, to walk through this season of healing with integrity, not seeking vindication for ourselves, but leaning into you to justify us as our redeemer, our justifier, our vindicator. Vengeance belongs to you. Lord, we ask you for mercy upon those operating in Jezebel's spirits. Lord, help them to see the error of their ways. Lord, let them encounter your heart in a great and mighty way that they might understand the love of a father that is sometimes missing in their life. God, help them to see the error of their ways, but let us see the error of our ways. Help us to take responsibility for lacking discernment, for missing the signs, for being naive. Help us, Lord, to determine in our hearts not just to heal from this place, but to grow from this place, that our testimony would be one as ashes coming, uh, beauty coming from ashes, and those who can set other captives free with a story not of bitterness and anger, but a story of grace and healing. I really healing power, the yeah. healing balm of Gilead in your life in the name of Jesus. And I decree and declare right now in Jesus' name that you will receive a sevenfold payback. You will grow in authority. You will grow in grace and you will see that your next season will be more powerful, more impactful, more prosperous than your last season through your willingness to forgive and through the healing of the Holy Spirit in Jesus name. Yeah. And and Father, right now, and I want to encourage all of you guys right now, just just listen, Holy Spirit's here. Holy Spirit, we ask you to come. I thank God that. Jennifer has invited you, and we ask you, just in, in an increasing manner, would you come, Holy Spirit? You, sometimes, you, you know, it really aggravates the devil is when you laugh, because <laughs> listen, we're going to keep going. I am, I am actually intent on going until everybody who's supposed to be free tonight gets free. So, Father, we ask right now in the name of Jesus, and I actually feel like for a lot of you watching right now, and you might need to go back and watch it, but I think the Holy Spirit is 
reminding you, number one, of his presence. He'd never leave you or forsake you. But number two, he's bringing you back to that black gash, that dark gash in your personal history that you regard. That's the moment where Jezebel demolished me. And again, you're not going back and revisiting that to go through the pain again, but you're actually going back to that moment with the Holy Spirit, right? And and you're going back, not just with the Holy Spirit, you're going back with Jennifer and myself. We're there in the best way we can right now to encourage you, to love you. And Holy Spirit, we ask you right now in the name of Father, I thank you that all of our friends who have that moment, that mark in their timeline where Jezebel really came in and just demolished their life in so many ways through through intimidation and fear and bullying, all the different manifestations of that God. We ask right now in the name of Jesus that you would supernaturally empower them. Guys, for those of you this is relevant to just receive this. God, give them supernatural empowerment, that charis, that grace of God to say this, okay, and this is what I want you guys to, to pray. For those of you, this is relevant to, and you realize, you know, I have not forgiven. I have not let this go. I recognize I need to. What Jennifer just prayed, I, I felt like, Jennifer, as you were praying, that was actually, that that brought people into awareness. Okay, there are, there are things in my life that I really need to let go. And this is so simple. I want you to do this, okay? Envision that person. Envision that church. I know it's it's hard, but the Holy Spirit's with you. The Holy Spirit's with you. You don't ever have to do it alone. That's the wonderful thing about forgiveness. You don't do it alone. God's with you in the middle of it. Simply do this. Imagine that person, that place, that season in life and say, God, I give them a gift that they don't deserve. I give them a gift called forgiveness. They don't deserve it. But guess what? I don't either. I don't do it. For everything that I did to Jesus— I mean, even though you might think I never did anything to Jesus, I, I know I wasn't one of those people. At the, we were. We really were. And if it was just us, if it was us, then we would have done the same thing. I want to encourage you right now just to say, God, huh, right now, I give people a gift. I give them a gift that they don't deserve. And that's the gift of forgiveness. And Father, right now, I pray, even as your, as our friends, our brothers and sisters right now, are doing that, God, that they'd envision that person, they'd envision that church, they'd envision that place that hurt them, that wounded them. It doesn't make it right. And it doesn't make those practices acceptable or appropriate. That's exactly what we dealt with tonight. That's why I gave those seven identifiers. We don't endorse it. We don't celebrate it. We do not turn a blind eye to it. That's why, Jen- I mean, that's why, Jennifer, you've written these books. That's why we need to be aware of this and on guard we don't just pretend it doesn't happen in the name of living in like age of Aquarius Christianity. Oh, everything's fine. It's not fine. The reality is this stuff is out there that seeks to steal, kill, and destroy. However, remember, 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 our, our battle is not against flesh and blood. It's against principalities and powers. And Jezebel is, I believe, a principality and power. It is a high-ranking demonic spirit. And tonight, I believe you can actually undo the first demolishment. Undo that by simply saying, God, I give a gift to that person, to that church. They don't deserve it. It's forgiveness. Yes. Again, I, I doesn't mean what they did was right. Doesn't mean what they did is worth me endorsing or celebrating. Not at all. But I give them the gift of forgiveness. And right now, I just feel like the Lord is saying, you know what? You've actually stepped into a dimension called the trading floor where you have traded something. You've traded unforgiveness and guess what? You get something in return. I believe one of the things the Lord's saying I'm giving tonight is number one, grace. I feel like you're going to actually have an unusual amount of grace on you. Just You're going to feel, I just even sense, as you genuinely do that, the best you know how, you're going to actually feel a tangible manifestation of the grace of God, the presence of God. But secondly, here's what I feel like God wants to do. And I, I wanted to share this. This is the vision the Lord gave me last night. He gave me a picture of kind of people reaching back uh, let me let me read it because I, I wrote this down and I want to be faithful. I said I wrote this. I, I saw hands glowing, saturated by the presence of the Holy Spirit. And I actually feel like that that saturated saturating presence of the Holy Spirit is coming upon you. See hands glowing, reaching back into the ashes of your past. Those areas that were literally decimated. That those are the words I kept getting: decimated, destroyed, and obliterated by Jezebel. I see you reaching into the hand, reaching your hands into the ashes of the past, and actually pulling gifts out. Pull, I, I literally see ashes and then like beautifully pristine, like golden packages. I, but you know what? It is an act of faith. You know, my, for, for my friends right now who are watching, that's an act of faith to actually take your hands, to, so, so to speak, and get dirty in the ashes of the past. Remember, we don't go in alone. We go in with the Holy Spirit, okay? 
I remind you, go in with the Holy Spirit. We give a gift to that person that they don't deserve because, again, we are not aiming anything at a person. We want to get that off of our system because we don't want to give the enemy any more legal right, even just through woundedness and offense. And then three, by faith, okay, by faith. When you're kind of at that mark in your path, I want to encourage you, your, your hands, I actually just see them saturated in the presence of the Lord. By faith, say, God, I recognize that even out of atrocity, even out of something that nearly demolished me, a reversal is going to take take place. And I pull out of those ashes the gifts that, God, you have in there. I pull out of the ashes a testimony that will encourage somebody else. I, for, for me, I actually pulled out of the ashes discernment, which has set me up to do what I'm doing today, to be able to evaluate, um, you know, just discern whether something is the Lord, whether something is the enemy. Um, so I'm grateful for those gifts. I'm grateful that I was able to pull that out. That was the great gift. Now I look back and say, devil, both of your, both of your attacks failed miserably. Because out of that, that's, uh, Lord, I know I've seen, I've seen the counterfeit, I've seen the fake, and I've seen the false, and I want nothing to do with that in any way, shape, or form. And I want to give my life to run towards the pure, the true, and the honorable. And again, I, I believe for di- each of you, those gifts might be different. They might be a testimony. It might be the ability to bring healing to somebody else. It might be the ability to relate to a person or a situation or even in the context of counseling. There's gifts there, but it is an act of faith to actually go in and pull those gifts out of those ashes. Um, and then the process we outline up to that, I believe that is necessary to go through. And again, to repeat it one more time, it's recognizing where that moment is in your life, recognizing it's not a battle against people and places, it's against spirits. It's giving a gift of forgiveness that that person does not deserve. And it's actually stepping back into the past with the Holy Spirit saying, God, I reach into those ashes and I reach into those places that look like they were destroyed by the enemy. And I pull out gifts that are not only going to just help me, they're going to actually bring healing, freedom, deliverance to other people. Yeah, that's so, so good. That's what I had to do personally. I had to look back and actually one of the ways you can know that you've really forgiven is that you can look back on a situation and say, wow, I wouldn't want to go through that again. But I can honestly say there were good things in it. And I'm almost glad that I walked through it because what I learned from it changed my life in such a positive way that I'll never be the same. I'm able to discern the spirit operating from a hundred miles away. You know, it's really difficult sometimes when there's people that you love that are inspired by the spirit. You have to love the people, hate sin, and sometimes disconnect for your own sake. But that does not mean that you're not walking in forgiveness. It does not mean that you're not walking in love. Forgiveness doesn't necessarily mean reconciliation and relationship. That's a good point. That's absolutely true because, again, if, if that system remains toxic and, you know, you forgive them, but reconcil- if reconciliation would bring you back into that or proximity to that, then you can't do that for your own sake. Yeah, yeah. it's really true. Many times I've wanted to reach back out to the church and say, hi, hey, I love you guys. You know, look what the Lord has done in my life. And I I thank you for having equipped me and trained me with so many wonderful truths. And I'm thankful and grateful. But I always get a check in my spirit because they're still in that place. And they would take any opportunity. That spirit would take any opportunity to take another shot at me. So you love the people. You pray for them. And you move on with the gifts that you got in the process, which, you know, for me and for Larry, you know, was discernment, but also compassion. You know, people come to me now who have been ensnared by the spirit or attacked by the spirit, and I'm able to help them navigate through in a way that I never would have been able to do. You know, the Bible says that we're to comfort those with the comfort with which we've been comforted. So I have that ability to comfort and understand and pray for out of a place of empathy. And that is truly a gift, and I'm grateful for it. Yeah, no, that's that's true. And I, I, I would again, I would personally recommend Jennifer didn't ask me to do it for the Spiritual Warrior's Guide to Defeating Jezebel, just because this gives you language. I mean, that was one of the things. Like I said, I wish I had while I was going through it language and said, okay, I'm not crazy, because that's what I, I mean. 
as I was going through that, I'm like, God, am I, am I wrong? Is there, am, am I, am I missing this? Am I, you know, you just, you, because this is your whole world, just like for you. I mean, this church, these relationships were my whole world, but I had no one on the outside giving me language like there is in, in a book like this. So this is invaluable. And the other book that helps. So this book, I believe will help get you out of and protect you from uh, that Jezebel demolishment one, which is Jezebel just wants to destroy you. But the book that helped me get out of like number two, the woundedness and offense was uh, John and Carol Arnott's book called Grace and Forgiveness. Mm. Oh my goodness. Because that that is what taught me the language that forgiveness is a gift that somebody doesn't deserve. I don't deserve it. And the person I'm giving it to doesn't deserve it. But at the end of the day, we do because that's what Jesus has told us to do. And when we live mindful of the fact that, man, I didn't deserve forgiveness either, then that makes it a whole lot more um, easy to navigate. But at the end of the day, again, we're, we're dealing with principalities, powers. We're not dealing with flesh and blood. Um, so it is vital that we forgive, but it is also equally vital that we remain discerning and that we recognize, okay, I, there are certain things and there are certain um, communities and there are certain aspects, sadly, in the body of Christ that we need to steer clear of and perhaps even alert others of as uh, as appropriate. Yeah, we, we really do. Sometimes, you know, I got some great advice from an apostle that if people come to me and ask me, should I be involved in this church or this network or whatever? And I know that there's something toxic there. I can advise them not to get involved without sharing all the details. And so I think that's a healthy approach. Um, we're going to wrap up here i'm going to send out a link to this video on a replay that's cleaned up and edited without the skipping so look for that and please share it far and wide i just want to give you an opportunity also to sow into this word if you want to sow a seed into this if this has helped you i want you to send uh, an offering to paypal.me slash jennifer claire and i will mark it Jezebel, and I will share that with Larry and bless him, and you will be blessed as well. Sometimes when we sow a seed, we remember uh, the lesson that we learned that inspired us to sow the seed a little more. So, sow if you want to sow, keep praying, catch up with me at the Ignite Network. If you're looking for alignment, ignitenow.org. It's a healthy prophetic community. Get involved in what blesses you. Right now, we have a summer sale at schoolofthespirit.tv. You can go there and get 20% off any of the equipping, School of the Prophetic, School of Warfare, School of the Sears. It's all summer sale through this week. Just use the code summer sale at the end of the checkout process. Larry, thank you for being on with me tonight. It's been a great honor and a pleasure. Oh, my joy. Thank you. All right. Bless you. I'll talk to you all soon. Thanks for listening to this podcast. You can visit me online at jenniferleclair.org or sow into Operation Liberation, our missions arm, at jenniferleclair.org slash missions. This has been a production of the Awakening Podcast Network. Jennifer LeClaire is the founder and owner of APN. Our heart is to inspire people and exalt Jesus with every broadcast. We're grateful for our advertisers and supporters that make these podcasts possible.